You are listening to Melbourne Lights Church Weekly Podcast. A guy comes up to him and he says, look, I don't want to embarrass you, but I've noticed that um, every meal you don't come in to uh, the restaurant, you sit outside and you have cheese and crackers. And the guy was really embarrassed. He said, yeah, I know. See, um, I only had enough money to buy the ticket and not for the food. And the guy looks at him puzzled and he says, But don't you know that in the price of the ticket, every meal was covered? How sad that we come to the cross and live in the power of the resurrection and we don't know that it is all paid for. That in the power of his love, we are not to eat on cheese and crackers, but we are to feast in the supernatural anointing of God. That we need to live into all the provisions that Jesus paid for you. He paid it all, once and for all, it is finished. Tetelestai, or if you're Greek, Christo Anesti. Today, it's the beginning of uh, Greek New Year or, or whatever it is, Easter. It is paid for. Stop eating spiritually cheese and crackers. It's time to move into the power of his love and see what happens. If you've got your Bibles, thank you. The verse is coming up, 1 John 4, and it could be from the English Standard Version. Verse 7, Beloved, let us love one another, for love is of God, and everyone who loves is born of God and knows God. Who does not love does not know God. Underline that. For God is agape, God is love. And this love of God was manifested towards us that God sent his only begotten son, Jesus the Messiah, into the world that we may live through Christ. And this is love, not that we love God, but that he loved us and sent Jesus to be with us for propitiation, for pay the price for your sins. For my sins, beloved, if God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. No one has seen God at any time. If we love one another, God abides in us. And his love has been perfected, made perfect in you. By this we know that we abide in Jesus, in Jesus in us, because he has given us the Holy Spirit, the power of the Holy Spirit. We've seen and testified that the Father has sent the Son and the Savior to the world. Whoever confesses that Jesus is the Son of God, God abides in him or her, gender inclusive. Don't lose it there, please. And he is in God. And we have known and believed that the love of God has for us. God is agapeo. God is the purest form of love. And he who abides in love abides in God and God in him. And God in him. I want to preach in two parts. The power of love first. I've been a Christian for many, many years. But in the last week, I had an amazing biblical revelation. I saw something that I had read over and over again. But I had, all of a sudden, it changed the dynamics of how I see the love for one another. See, Jesus took the Old Testament greatest commandment, which says, 
Okay, love the Lord your God with all of your mind, heart, and spirit. And then part two, it says, and love others as you love yourself. But Jesus changed that. Did you know that? Now everybody's quiet. He said, how could he change his word? Well, if you come to John 13, 34 to 35, it says this, a new commandment. When Jesus says, I give you a new commandment, he takes the old, but he brings it into the new because it's called the new covenant. He brings it into a new testament. He says this, a new commandment I give to you, that you love one another just, watch this, as I have loved you. He doesn't say, as you love yourselves. Have you ever picked that before? Be honest. It's taken me 59 years to pick this life-changing revelation. Very different to love others as you love yourself or to love others from the place that Jesus loves you unconditionally. It changes everything. I hope it is. If it's a good word, it'll last. It says this, a new commandment I give you that you love one another as I have loved you, that you also must love one another. You might think, oh, subtle, doesn't make that much difference. You watch what happens. Number one, the command to love Jesus with all of our hearts, minds, and spirit doesn't change. The truth that at the cross we are unconditionally loved. Man, that worship was just phenomenal today. We could have picked, Olive had one John 4, you guys, songs and love, that God wanted to speak to us today. God speaks to us today, amen? He is a prophet. He is our prophet. He is king, prophet, and priest. But he was prophesying over us today. Do you get my love? So love one another accordingly. So the truth that we unconditionally love, but now that we are commanded to love others in a new commandment, the emphasis no longer is on self. And this is what happens. See, self has to do with performance and the law. Has to do about my righteousness. If I feel love, then I'm going to love you. It's conditional love. It's performance-based If I feel love, then I'm going to love others. But if you don't love me back, behavior, I'm not going to love others. If I don't feel loved by God, if I don't feel good about myself, why should I love others? Why should I be on mission? See, self-love, it's all to do with performance, behavior. But Jesus loves me whether I behave well or not, unconditionally. It changes the dynamics because I'm going to start loving you in a manner that he loved me. And we'll see in a minute how he loves me. It undergirds everything we do because I am, this love of Jesus means I'm forgiven. I'm saved. I'm healed. I'm free. I'm released. I'm accepted. I'm forgiven. How many of us hold on to grudges? Imagine if Jesus held on to a grudge against you. Imagine that. Hey, I love you, Elisha, but 
But I see you, what you do, eh? I see that, whatever. So I'm only going to leave you, I'm going to love you 70% today. Oh, really? 70%? Elisha's going to turn to Hans and love him 70%. 70% or diluted love. Because it has to do with performance, self. And every book on self-help. Have you noticed that? Love yourself. Love yourself. Oh. <laughs> when I fall in love with myself, I do that my. And we've bought the lie that's about self-love. See, when I accept the love of, jo- of Jesus, I love because I am loved first by Him. It's the purest form of love. See, I know I can't love you like Jesus loves me. But I tell you what, when I am focused on His love, that's how I'm going to try to love you. That's how I'm going to try to love the people on the streets. When I understand it's not about my self-love, but it's about His love in me and through me, it changes everything. It changes how we see the supernatural. It changes everything inside of us and moves from behavior to identity. Because I want to, if I, if I behave well and, and, and I'm not naughty and I don't sin, then Jesus loves me. But do you know that he loves me even when I stuff up? Whether I like myself or not, he still loves me. He's unchanging. He never changes And he brings us up. He doesn't want us to stay in sin. He never wants us to be in a place of unholy brokenness. It's not about sin consciousness. It's about being conscious of the power of his love. See, the closer you go to Jesus, the less you want to sin. Hello? The more you understand his love, you say these words, how can I sin? How can I do that stuff? When it separates me from him, it's not about behavior. It's about proximity. It's about how close I am to the power of His love. But if you focus on power, I'm a powerful Christian, hallelujah. I'm full of the power of Jesus and I don't make any mistakes. No, that's arrogance. But when I walk humbly with the Lord, wow, you paid everything. How can I not be a conduit for your power? It's not about your power. You don't have any. It's his power inside of us. You make yourself available. Heal the sick. Make yourselves available. Is that a hurry on? Or? <laughs> it's about him. And it changes everything from self to him. Everything. Dallas Willard, one of my favorite writers, professor of philosophy at the University of Southern California, writes this, love then is a condition of the will embedded in all fundamental dimensions of the human personality. It's not something that you choose to do, but what you choose to be. Not what I choose to do, but what I choose to be. I am love. Christ in me, the hope of glory. So I'm not going to love you. I'm going to be love to you and I'm going to love you I'm going to forgive you and when I need to correct stuff I'm going to do it from a place not of your performance or your behavior but because I love you and I want to lift you up to proximity to Jesus 
And when us as elders have the wonderful joy to discipline people, don't you love that joy? Isn't it just great to be an elder that sometimes we have to discipline people? You know what we do? We're not correcting so much their behavior. We're pointing them and bring come back to Jesus. Can you see how what you're doing is separating you from proximity? You were not meant for that behavior. It's not that we condone behaviors. Just in case you think I've gone hyper grace, baby. I've gone hyper Jesus. Hyper Jesus. Stop that behavior. Don't worry about that. But how about you start behaving like Jesus? How about you mimic what Jesus does and says? That, hmm. That, reflect this. The more you read the Bible, the more the Bible will read you, baby. We don't play the game. Our journey is to become more like Jesus. Love one another as I have loved you. It's not about you selfishness. See, when I love in myself, I can be very selfish. Very selfish. I hope you never come from marriage uh, counseling to me. I'm brutal. True story. A couple came to me, paid me big dollars to hear me say to them, you mate are selfish and you ma'am are just as selfish. $250. Thank you, baby. True, true story. And then, and then they got angry and upset and then we, made, you know, we loved each other and I said, I'm selfish. And then I gave them the $250 back. Now you, sir, take her out for a nice meal. And they're married today. Because we're selfish. Self-centered. Self-focused. And that's why I love that hymn that we sung at my dad's funeral. Turn your eyes upon Jesus. Turn your eyes upon Jesus. You want to move supernaturally? Turn your eyes on Jesus. See, it's the power of his love, not the love of the power. But when you get Jesus and you understand his love, you get the power. You get the boldness. You get the supernatural because it comes from that. The outcome of his love versus self-love, here it is. Number one, I realize just what this love means and looks like for me. Love looks like something. Amen? Love looks like something. It's not just this idea. Christian agapeo love transforms everything. Ephesians 1, 3, 10. Are you ready? This will blow your mind out this morning. Are you ready? I hope you're reading this. Ephesians 1, 3 to 10. Blessed be God and Father of the Lord Jesus Christ. Maybe we've got it. Who has blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing in heavenly places. Can you read that? I, say this with me, I am blessed in Christ, with every spiritual blessing in heavenly places. You are blessed this morning. Every blessing from the heavenly is given to you. Why? Because of the power of His love. Let me go on. And He has chosen you before the foundation of the world. What is that? Love. That we should be holy and blameless before Him. Love produces holiness. Love produces, because I want to be more like Jesus. The aim is not behavior, it's proximity. 
He predestined you for adoption to himself as sons through Jesus Christ, Romans 8. I'd love to preach Romans out. We're in, in our life group, discipleship group, uh, we're looking at Romans, life in the spirit. Can I give you all some homework this morning? Go and memorize Romans 8. Memorize it. Memorize it. He adopted you. You know what that means in the, in, in the Greek? Not that, oh, let's have another kid. No. See, a normal kid, you have it in the natural. Adoption means I really, really want you to be part of my family. When he says you're adopted, can you, I really want you. I really want you in my family. I'm adopting you. I'm giving you my DNA as I love you. Now love one another. Adoption is phenomenal in biblical sense. In Greek, in the Greek mindset, many Greek families did not like their own children. They would adopt a child they really wanted. True story. But in Christ, all of us are wanted. It's called the power of his love. Verse 6, to the praise of his glorious grace, which he has blessed us in the beloved. Verse 7, in him we have redemption through his blood. Do you get that? Redemption, the forgiveness of our trespasses according to his riches and grace. Oh, so good in prayer today. We sang amazing grace. Sometimes we need to stop and say, thank you for your amazing grace. Sometimes we need to stop and sing. Amazing grace. Come on, church. How sweet. Let's sing it to the Lord. There. Come on, lift up your voices. Bring it up another level. Oh, yes. Now we're worshiping. I was blind, but now I see because of his amazing grace. You will see people that you've never seen before through the power of his love. You will pray for the sick. You'll bring deliverance. You'll tithe. You'll offer. You'll stop whinging. You'll stop sinning, whatever you're doing. When you have an encounter with the power of Jesus and you understand, I once was blind, but now I see because I am predestined by God. He gives me wisdom and insight. He shows me the mysteries of his will according to his purpose. And then when I understand that, now I can really love one another. Ephesians 6, therefore, as we have opportunity, let us do good agapeo love to all, especially to those in the household of faith. You know who my neighbor is first and foremost? You are. That's what Ephesians says. Love your neighbor as Christ has loved you is you. You might think it's number five or number 10 or whatever number of your house is. No, it's not. If you can't love your brothers and sisters, how can you love others? And your brothers and sisters will drive you bonkers. You won't like them. You'll dislike them. They'll drive you mad. That's why you're called to love as Jesus loves one another. 
And when the church starts loving one another like that, watch out revival. Watch out for move of the Holy Spirit. Watch out your time, Paul Zanato. 1 Thessalonians 3, 11 to 13. Now may our God and Father himself and Jesus our Lord direct our way to you. And may the Lord cause you to increase and abound in love for one another. Increase. How's your love tank this morning? Not for self-love. Not for Nutella. Not for fishing. Got some great fish on Friday. Yeah, baby. It's so I can love one another. Is that we can love those who are different to us. Because that's what it means to be a prophetic people, see? Not, hey, I got a word for you, babe. Nah. I love you. I'm going to send you a text. I love you. I'm going to make a meal. I love you. You're struggling this week, really. You've been in hospital. We had one of our brothers in hospital till 11 o'clock last night. I took him home. Do them a meal. You want to cook a nice meal? Glenda and Andrew Matthews. Go and cook them a meal. Bless them. They're not, I hope they're not here so they can hear that their son is here. But Go and cook them a meal. Just bless them. Or get some takeaway. Ring them up. What's your favorite takeaway? And bless them. They've been through the wars, this couple. She a bugger knee and he's been unwell, in and out of hospital. Love them and bless them. In fact, ask them what they like to eat first. And get your wallet ready. 1 Peter 4, 8. Above all, keep fervent in your love for one another. Do we get it? Are you with me? Not as self-love, but love one another as Jesus loves you. And quickly, part two of this sermon. And then we'll just see what the Holy Spirit does. You all good? Turn to the person next to you and say, I love you. Turn to the person on the other side. I'm serious. If you don't have somebody on the other side, get somebody on the other side. Why? Why? Why, church? Why allow the world and the, and, 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 and the love out there to tell us how to love? You are a perfecter of His love inside of you. You've got the best love. So don't allow your life to be attracted to other forms of love. Illicit sexual love, illicit whatever love. Stop it. Stop it. It's impure. It keeps away from Jesus. You know how you stop sinning? Spend more time with Jesus. Live humble before the Lord. Be conscious of Him inside of you. And then you'll learn that certain behaviors and certain stuff doesn't, it's not who you are. You are a new creation. All right. So now let's look at power. Agape love, as we have seen, is the most powerful of truth. It determines our who I am and what is my purpose. When I know the power of His love inside of me, I know who I am. And I know what I'm called to do. Who I am is I am a son of the living God. You know what happens when I ask, and what do you do? When you meet somebody for the first time, that's what they ask you. Am I right? We are determined by behavior, not by relationship. Somebody asked me the other day, and what do you do? To which I replied, me, I'm a son of the living God. I'm married to the most beautiful woman in the world. I have the privilege of being a dad to two incredible sons. I love a bunch of people because I'm a shepherd at Melbourne Life Church. I get to love on them. Oh, is that what you do? 
Didn't get the point. <laughs> Duh. We define people by their behavior, not by their relationship with Jesus. And we do it in church. We do it in church. Monica preached a phenomenal preach a couple of weeks ago on the power of hospitality. Who are you inviting? The people you really like? Your peers? Or are you inviting the grace growers? The people who help you grow in grace? <laughs> Bing! I've loved catching up with Pastor Peter McHugh from Stayware Church. Great church. Love Peter McHugh. And in his book, Radically Restored, he writes this about the Great Commission from the Great Commandment. See, there's no Great Commission if we don't understand the Great Commandment. We don't understand it. The distinction has profound implication to sing about self-love and Christ loved me for how we approach what it is to be a disciple. When we love based on how Jesus loved us, it is from a posture of knowing how we are loved by Jesus, which results in us becoming like him and wanting to share the gospel with other people from that place. This is the central feature of the New Testament way of living. Alternative, when we love based on how we love ourselves, it is from a posture of being constructed and how we receive love from others. And this is how we transmit it to other people. We love. If I'm loved, then I'm going to love you. No longer do we go into the world to be disciples who disciple others from a need religious back. We do it because Jesus saved me. That's why we go on the streets. Now disciple-making disciple comes from the purest joy of sharing this pure love with other people. You know what is the foundation of evangelism? Love. When I can share the love of Jesus with somebody who's never experienced love, I don't know if you've ever had this, but you share how good Jesus is and how much he loves you with somebody who's been abused or hurt or in prison, which I've had the privilege of doing so many times, and they hear the love of Jesus for the first time. And you see the whole life lit up. You see they get love for the first time. See, on the other side of your obedience to his love, you're a conduit of his love. You never know what can happen in that person's life. I've had the privilege of leading murderers to Christ, rapists to Christ, all kind of transvestites, but when they get Jesus, their life is changed. And Jesus is waiting this morning to share his power through your love to others this week. See, when we get his love, we get boldness, Acts 4.31. And when they had prayed, the place where they were assembled together was shaken, and they were filled with the Holy Spirit, and they spoke the word with, of God in boldness. Acts 17, these men who have turned the world upside down have also come. You know why the book of Acts is so powerful? Because they got intimacy with Jesus. They got the power of his love. I'm two minutes over. And finally, what are the consequences of not loving one another as Christ loved me? John 13, 34, a new commandment I give you, love one another as I have loved you, so you must love one another. By this, everyone will know that you're my disciples. No, that's not the one I wanted to read. 1 John 4 says this, if you don't love one another, you can't love God. God. Can't love God. 
If you don't love your brother and sister who you can see, says in 1 John, how can you love God? Can you understand how important it is, this, to Jesus? This, this, in marriage, this. I can't minister here if I don't love this woman here. She's the most beautiful, precious gift that the Lord gave me for 30 years. And if I don't lay down my life for her, if I'm not faithful, sexually, whatever, to her, I don't know God. I don't know God. If, I'm not, if I provoke my sons to anger and I'm not a good father and I don't love my sons, how can I love you? I need to love my Josiah and my Samuel ministering upstairs. Even when they drive me bonkers. They're too big. And then finally, through agape love, it says in John 13, then the world will pay attention. And then revival comes. We hope you've enjoyed this week's message. If you have any questions or would like more information, please contact us at melbournelightschurch.com.au.